Let's face it, the stereotype of philanthropy involves a lot of rich, white men. But hold on a minute, women of diverse nationalities, backgrounds, and ethnicities can bring empathy, compassion, and strong leadership to the task. To find out how, on Bankadelic, we'll talk with Mona Sinha of Women Moving Millions. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic! The colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate, and investigate actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. Thanks for tuning into Bankadelic. I'm Lou Carloso, your host. Who else did you expect? <laughs> Today, a very, very special episode. It's rare that I get to talk to someone who is such a leader in business and philanthropy, but she is here with us today, and we are very fortunate. Mona Sinha, advocate for gender equality in business and society. She's parlayed a career in finance at Morgan Stanley, marketing at Unilever, and restructuring at Elizabeth Arden Unilever to work at the intersection of social justice and women's leadership. Mona uses business tools to build organizational capacities for sustainability that unlock the economic potential of women and girls across different sectors. She's been described as having a muscle for finance and a passion for justice. She's the co-founder of Raising Change to address the funding gap and mission-driven organizations for social change. She also founded the Asian Women's Leadership University to bring liberal arts pedagogy to train future women leaders. And one of the main reasons we have her here today and why I'm so excited, she's currently the board chair of Women Moving Millions. That's a community of women who fund big and bold $1 million plus to create gender equality around the world. Why don't we kick things off? Mona, welcome to Bankadelic. Thank you, Lou. It's so delightful to be here and hearing that bio. I'm wondering, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> my bio, if you ask my teenage kids, is, Dad, where's the allowance? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they, they don't even take money. I have to send it by Venmo. But Seriously, getting into this, when I was told about women moving millions, I just thought, what a remarkable effort. What a remarkable cause. Take us behind the curtain. Tell us about what it is you're doing and what inspired you to get this rolling. It truly is the best kept secret in town, I think. And it's time to share it with the world. Women Moving Millions is a group of committed women. We're about 350 strong right now. We are a global network of women who believe in gender equality. So we fund big, we fund bold, and we come together in community to make sure that women are represented, women are put on platforms where they can be seen, their leadership can be showcased for the world, and gender equality can become a reality. And we don't have to wait for 200 years for that to happen, as per the last DevOps report. Absolutely. Women will be coming into trillions, trillions of dollars in wealth by 2030. And there is an absolute potential to put this money to a greater good, to reshape the world. When you think about what's possible here, what kinds of things do you see 
women moving millions doing to advance these causes you talked about? Well, I think it's shifting the whole paradigm in philanthropy. You know, we know that there just isn't enough money in the world to address the social issues that we face, and especially women. If you look at what we've seen in the past year and a half with the pandemic, women have disproportionately suffered at every level. You know, whether it's having their children home from school or their spouses working from the house or trying to deal with their own work remotely, it's really fallen on women. And in the U.S., we've just seen a huge economic impact on women, especially women of color, because they've had to drop out of the workforce, which is an extreme measure. And there is just no way for women in that situation to recoup the wealth that they have lost. So at Women Moving Millions, we really believe in advancing an equitable world for women and girls, where women not just are showcased for what they're doing, but they can thrive. They are held up by their communities. They have partners in each of us as philanthropists. So it's not just writing the check, Lou. It really is about unlocking the resources we have in so many ways. I really see my role as a connector more than anything else. Here, it sounds like there is a case of so much potential and resources locked up in women that can be unlocked through another resource, which is money. And that is really, really exciting. What types of things do you think are possible right now? Not just from the perspective of women moving millions, but other sorts of philanthropical efforts that are trying to do what you're doing? Well, we know that women fund differently than men. As women, we are much more community-based. At Women Moving Millions and otherwise, we've seen with the recent funding that Mackenzie Scott, for example, and Melinda Gates have done, which has been truly remarkable, that they have found women at the grassroots, at the forefront, who are doing the hard work of making change. They're not interested in putting names on a building or funding some very fancy project that gets them in the spotlight. And that's very different. That's a whole paradigm shift. We talk about trust-based philanthropy. And what that really means is women are much more likely to give multi-year unrestricted funding, not quibble about funding being used for operating costs. I mean, whoever hears of change happening when you don't pay the people who are making the change, right? Women funders do the homework instead of the other way around. So we're no longer asking our grantees to submit huge reams of paperwork to justify the money that we have given them. It's based on trust, right? We're telling our funders to be transparent and responsive, to really solicit and act on feedback on both levels. Understand what the organization needs and understand how you can be a better partner as a funder. So that power dynamic is really shifting. And that's the beauty of women funders, because we're offering support beyond the check, right? We're opening up, of course, our checkbooks, but also our contact lists. We're uplifting the organizations. We are using our talents that we have to help them build and be sustainable in the long run. You do serve at the Center for High Impact Philanthropy at the University of Pennsylvania in Philly, my hometown. Yep. And what does impact philanthropy mean to you? What is an efficient route or routes to get the money into a position where it can sustain or create change? You know, impact can mean so much. Impact is more than just the numbers. The recipients of the philanthropy 
make impact. So for example, if we give money or we support women of color that are working hard to overcome the barriers that are systemic, that are not just a one-time raw deal, but they are systemic and very, very hard to break down. That's impact. Shifting the conversation on how and who we give to. And it's good that we sit back and we think about these things. The Center for High Impact Philanthropy at UPenn, the group is quite remarkable because it publishes research on what is the best way to measure impact. And it's not your usual you know, counting of ROI and so forth and so forth. It's really about the impact you have on lives, the impact you have on communities, and the impact you have on dismantling systems. So it's a really new way of thinking for people who are used to doing things in a very traditional patriarchal fashion. Yeah, and part of that patriarchy and a covered philanthropy is a beat at the Chicago Tribune mm -hmm. is that idea of, well, let me act important. Let me put my name on the building, as you mentioned before. Let me write this huge check. Okay, I've written the check. Where's the limo? I got to go. It's sort of this attitude that philanthropy is just the quickest route to a tax deduction or importance and influence in society. This is an incredibly different approach that you're talking about with tangible impact and being involved. What I would love to know from your point of view is what does being involved mean to you? Because aside from that financial piece, you're clearly committed to this on many different levels. Absolutely. Being involved means proximate to the problem that you're trying to solve. And that doesn't mean that I'm swooping in and telling the organization what to do. As I mentioned, we are doing the homework as funders to try and understand what is the barrier between what we want to achieve, which is gender equality, and what this particular organization is doing. Where are the big hurdles? Are the hurdles in sustainability? Are the hurdles in financial planning? Are the hurdles in good governance? These are issues we can solve. We come from very diverse backgrounds and we've all had professional experience in different areas and we bring this to the work that we do so it's on all levels i'm working with a group right now because they have just written a business plan and they want to figure out how best to execute that well i've written a hundred thousand business plans in my career and this is something i could do with my <laughs> eyes closed so why shouldn't i help them do that right fundraising is always a huge barrier for these organizations so to just go in there and prep them a little bit on how to tell the story effectively. Obviously, something they did brought me in. So what was it? For them to see that something in their mission aligned with something that I believe in is very powerful. So if I can unlock that for someone and tell them that this is how you convert a donor who is naturally interested in your work to see how their mission aligns with your mission, then magic happens just these small little pivots you know Lou it's not brain science or rocket science you come in there it's something that you know how to do it's something that you love to do and when you're doing it with these passionate committed people who are looking to change systems in the world it really is pure joy the other piece that I have been educated about from other women leaders in financial services and other industries is empathy. Mm -hmm. That that seems to be a missing piece that women leaders understand and men don't always get. How does empathy 
figure into the picture for you? In a very, very big way. So I always say I started my philanthropy at age 12, and that might be quite surprising to hear, but I grew up in Calcutta and age 12, I went to volunteer at Mother Teresa's orphanage. And I realized there that there were no boys. And I kept thinking to myself, where did all the boys go? And I realized that India had a very strong male preference and all the little baby boys got adopted much faster than the girls did. And it was that empathy that has stayed with me all these years and allows me to do the work that I do. The empathy allows us to listen. And when we listen and we connect deeply, we're able to understand what the issues are. And we have the power to unlock the funds and the connections to help address those issues. It's also something that we do so well as women because we believe and we do best when we learn in community. And so when we empathize with someone and understand that situation, we're able to discuss it with a group of like-minded women as we do in Women Moving Millions. And then we come up with different ideas and we come up with different ways and different angles to tackle these issues, which frankly are much more effective than trying to go at it alone. And again, it's collaborative, right? It's strong and purposeful and collaborative and often brings ideas that we would never have thought of alone. If we turn the table just a bit to the men in the audience, and I think there are a lot of really open-minded men who may be listening and saying, Mona, this sounds great, but this is women moving millions. How can I get involved? What can I do to support what you're doing? Well, men are definitely part of the equation because if you think about who benefits, the community benefits, men benefit, women benefit, kids benefit, everybody benefits, right? And it doesn't have to be exclusive to women. We do this as a group of women, but we do have a few very enlightened men in our community and we welcome them with open arms. There are some amazing men's organizations that are there to support women and we support them as well. It's a community. So it's collective action, as you mentioned before, and that involves everyone. So whether you're man, woman, non-binary, it doesn't really matter. We're all trying to build a better world. The one lesson we've learned from this pandemic, if anything, is that we can't do it alone, right? There's too many unknown factors here for us to get to it alone. And having a feminist future, we look at some of the countries during this pandemic that have done well, there's no surprise that they're led by women because they have these skills. So we have to walk away from the narrative that men have to be macho and strong and can't be empathetic and can't have vision and can't be in community. That's just wrong. That's not the natural being of us as humans. And we have to just shift the narrative and say, men can do all of this and more together with women. And we can rebalance this equation of equality in our world. That's really what we're trying to do. So everybody benefits and no one's left out of it. Absolutely. It's more than a dream. It sounds like a reality that you are making possible. And I will be cheering you on every step of the way. Mona, thank you so much for being on Bankadelic. Thank you, Lou. It was great to speak to you today. Mona Sinha is an advocate for gender equality in business and society and the board chair of Women Moving Millions. You can look for Mona on LinkedIn. Bankadelic, 
sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Have you thought about how you'll gain the upper hand in your search for stellar talent? Banker Hire leverages a niche industry with uncommon insight. They're committed to finding you qualified commercial and community banking, lending, compliance, HR, retail, and wealth talent. Banker Hire prides itself on listening and solving problems. Their approach is 100% hands-on and heads-up, giving you what you need to make smart, actionable decisions. For more information, visit BankerHire.com. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q-U-O-N-T-I-C Bank.com. You're listening to Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at NMD Plus, based in London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. If you like what you've heard here, be sure to check out NMD Plus's financial technology podcast, Dave and Darm Demystify, with hosts Dave Wallace and Darmesh Mystery. Hey, Willie, how's it going? Oh, I gotta tell you, it's going great. I got my paycheck from the pizza place and there was an extra $40 in it. But I don't know what to do with it. Well, why don't you have a philanthropina? A what? A philanthropina. It's the dry roasted, no oils or fat snack that will help you decide how you can make a difference in the world by giving of yourself and your financial resources. Here, have one. Ah, uh, okay. Oh my gosh, this is amazing! I, suddenly I feel generous and I feel all uh, sorts of rich and I, I think I know exactly what I want to do with that $40. Well, what are you going to do, Willie, other than give it to me? What are you talking about? Well, philanthropy nuts are a delicious snack that will help you on your journey to be a philanthropist and I think $40 is well worth a jar. I don't understand. I thought this was just a, a peanut. Peanuts cost peanuts. <laughs> well, Willie, looks like I fooled you again. You might as well hand the money over. <laughs> I don't carry cash. Well, I take Venmo and I take PayPal. Um, no, no, no. Come on, Willie, hand it over. <laughs> oh, brother. And now it's time for... Three Bullseyes. Number one. There just isn't enough money in the world to address the social issues that we face, and especially women. If you look at what we've seen in the past year and a half with the pandemic, 
women have disproportionately suffered at every level. Number two. There are some amazing men's organizations that are there to support women, and we support them as well. It's a community. So it's collective action, and that involves everyone. So whether you're man, woman, non-binary, it doesn't really matter. Number three. The recipients of the philanthropy make impact. If we give money or we support women of color that are working hard to overcome the barriers that are systemic, that are not just a one-time raw deal, but they are systemic and very, very hard to break down, that's impact. And now, lose views. Today on the podcast, Mona Sinha shared a special story about how she, not even a teenager growing up in India, helped out Mother Teresa's order of nuns in the streets of Calcutta. It's an amazing story because it proves you're never too young to start on the road to philanthropy. And now that Sinha is a business leader, she's able to bring that experience to bear in the world where women are indeed moving millions. But what's it going to take beyond the money? Sinha gave us some important clues. We talked about empathy, we talked about compassion, and we talked about a desire to lead. And that means not just women among women moving millions, but getting the men involved. There's been quite a bit of concentration on the self during COVID, and no wonder. We all had to hunker down, we had to protect ourselves, we had to find new rituals, and we had to just figure out how to get through day-to-day living. But now that we're out in the outside world again, it's time to think about other people. And if you haven't thought about it, take time to consider, as I will, what we can do to make a difference. And there's plenty we can do to make a difference. Sinha's group is always looking for able, enthusiastic men to join the cause. And in your own backyard, see what can be done at a food pantry, a homeless shelter, someplace where people have an acute need that's coming to manifest right before your eyes. It's hard. Sometimes the challenges of being philanthropic or even charitable can seem overwhelming. There are so many problems in the world. Where do we begin? I think even before we talk about beginning on a worldwide scale or a national scale or even a local scale, we have to search within. For those of us so fortunate to live in a land of abundance and live a life of abundance, it makes sense to give back, not out of obligation, guilt, or duty, but gratitude. Passing that abundance and that light on to others will make a tremendous difference in their lives and in our lives as well. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks to Banker Hire. Thanks also to Quantic. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn. And as the feds close in on me and the other wise guys, I'll be thinking. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.